Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I'm thrilled to introduce Freddie Apoku Adair, who is a British-born choreographer, performer, and educator of Ghanaian heritage. He is also the founder and artistic director of Systems Lab and curator of their upcoming bill. Hi, Freddie. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Sven. So tell me, when did you first get into dancing? This year is my 20th year being introduced to more, more the idea of a dance as a career path or to literally take it as a career path um so that's 20 years because um, i trained at london contemporary in 2000 no 1999 um so that was my first introduction to western formation of um dance forms um but yeah been dancing before that as well so yeah so i would say professionally as a career since 2002 um danced with a couple of professional companies um, um, first of all started as apprentice with what used to be called random dance company but now studio Wayne McGregor or company Wayne McGregor um, as an apprentice and then toured with a company for a couple of years and then worked freelance with um, some artists and then went back into another contract um, another full-time contract with another dance company called Kanduka Dance Company but since then it's always been freelance and um, so yeah the work has been diverse as well as working with artists um, actually one of them who's programmed in the mix bill or curators party creation Jones D um, worked with him a couple of times on projects and some of the artists are paths have crossed working on different projects but I'm what inspired you to start work, creating um, your own work I would say um, what as the critics or the other critical eye would say is um, the breakthrough work was in 2006 and that's because I did decent budget to make a piece of work <laughs> which helps um, so that was the part of place prize yes part of place prize um, which is no longer happening shame but it's in the future um, yeah and then since then been commissioned by most of venues or well-known dance venues in the UK and as well as touring my work internationally um, not necessarily nationally because the work has kind of been based in London and then do a couple of dates but mostly in the international um, aspect of my work because as a London-born um of Ghanaian heritage as well, the work I like think is very diverse and it's global in its um, what's it um, inward and out looking perspectives. I think I've always been interested in creating my own work because um, <laughs> some of the companies I've also worked for, um, um, I have to be honest, the, um, the contract did not last long because um, aesthetically, I think after the audition, I mean, yeah, you could get through the audition, and actually, I have to sit, I had never auditioned for companies, mostly just knowing the company's work and going to classes. Um, the only, actually, I think there's only been two jobs that I've probably auditioned for, and that didn't work out at the end. So it's mostly, um, uh, I've I've always been making work and trying to find ways to kind of find language that fits my way of wanting to move. Um, so it's more of a devising process or getting to know Freddie as a performer, not what the tradition of what contemporary dance is known should be looking for. And I think that's where. And I think this comes across actually in some of the artists that, um, I'm not trying to go straight into that, but um, some of the artists that, well, all the artists we created that, as well as working with some amazing other choreographers, they also really established their own voice, um, which is very unique, um, especially when you work with such well-known established artists. 
usually when you come out of that company, it takes a bit of time to find your own voice. But these artists, I think any work I've seen them in, or the ones that don't necessarily have their own company at present, you can see they really stand out as their own voice, which is really exciting to see. And how would you describe your choreographic language to someone who hasn't seen your work before? Um, as a maker, I mean, we've shifted through, I mean, actually I was just speaking to a colleague about a couple of days ago, that I think it's, it's now we're going to the third phase. I think the first decade, which it does take a decade, and was more just the physical language, which is more of a hybrid. Um, I am not known just because I'm a East London born of Ghanaian heritage, does not mean I traditionally do African dancing or hip hop dance or vocabularies. I've always been interested in the language that or the social and the cultural structures of these styles. So I've trained in all those styles and um, proficiently, whether I went to London Contemporary Dance School while I was there. I was also training with some of the mistresses of Capoeira, mm -hmm. um, taking street dance classes outside because um, as much as the system is not great, mm -hmm. um, not not one structure can provide it all. So mm -hmm. you can't get the diverse range of styles. So I had to find a way to train myself. And that's partly not helped the bank account <laughs> in the future, but I think <laughs> but I think it's definitely, it's definitely been the foundations of how I look at work and how I want and the type of artists that I want to collaborate with or curate because they have that sensibility. They know the foundations of these styles. Um, yeah, I think I'm digressing from that, but I think it's also just trying. I mean, I always say it's about the individual innate voice, and then you try and find a language to try and propel that. And obviously, that's where technique. I mean, I always say. I didn't necessarily go into dance school to go and learn how to dance. Okay. Not that, any, and it's not boasting anything, but it's just say I wanted to do the things that I wanted to do without getting injured after trying it three or four times, because that's that's something that's what technique gives you, the um, the kind of um, the craft to be able to do that thing repetitively without hurting yourself. So you learn the way to move through those languages, um, and that's something I really hold. Um, to my training and I think that I mean any dancer will say that they gives you their proficiency and I think that's what for me distinguished between the professionals and the, those who are just doing it for hobby or just enjoy the craft um, yeah it's that thing that you'll be able to go to rehearsals because nine times out of ten you're going to rehearse more than you ever be on stage performing because mm -hmm. that's that's the amount of time you have especially in the contemporary dance structure or in any form of um, discipline um, so yeah, I think the style has always been interdisciplinary. I'm mean, not kind of called it the first phase was more looking at different um, languages, um, not necessarily style, the language and the, the aesthetic of it, whether it's coming through the feet or the upper body, um, and actually what is the historical background behind the form and what gives it um, its a um, how do you say it? it's not necessarily is aesthetic, but mm -hmm. something that crosses over. And I really do see that many stars moving from capoeira to breaking um, ballet to what's known as Western contemporary dance forms. There is a lineage. I mean, mm -hmm. you've taken off the point of shoes, you've gone bare feet, but the bare feet was also happening in sub-Saharan Africa. So what are the things that's crossing through? So what is contemporary? And that's not something I really question. What is contemporary dance? And what is known as another type of contemporary dance in another context? Um, yeah, so I think for me it's questioning contemporaries in the now, yeah. not necessarily specifically to a style or form of dance, it's what's in the now and what things are. The hybridity of these forms is what really um, excites me. So yeah, it isn't a specific style and I'm not known for that. I think I'm not, I'm not necessarily known as a purist. So people may, I mean, I keep on using that line, Freddie's the lost and found. I work with that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like yeah, so it's trying to find a yeah, trying to find a hybridity, and that's been the first phase. And then the second phase is mostly working with the idea of the innate. So seeing what's been carved by the human body. So I worked a lot with sculptors. Um, so this idea of seeing the human imbued presence. Um, been going. I mean, that's full circle. I think that kicked in two thousand and nine till about two yeah, um, twenty nineteen. Um, and that phase is kind of um, coming to its own conclusion. I think the next phase of making. It's about finding the middle ground between the physical language and the human imbued inanimate object and how that fits in space. So sculpting a body with these all these hybridity of styles is something I'm really looking to investigate in the next phase of my work. I wanted to ask you about founding Systems Lab. Um, so actually this was initiated um, when I was invited by Emma Gladstone, who is the artistic director and CEO of Dance Umbrella um, Festival, London, London Dance Umbrella International Festival. And the initial invitation was to um, come in as a guest programmer, but to also curate. Um, this, this is where it gets a bit confusing to curate something that um, a title I came, came out with, um, we kind of collaborated on, which was out of the system. And this was trying to look at artists that be making work, continuously make work, but not necessarily um, supported or propelled by the system, but they are partly supported because, I mean, everyone works in and out of a system. Whether we work against it, we're working with the system because we're, we're responding to it. And I think these artists then um, sometimes are not in our conversation. So I wanted, as well as curating, which could only be for a certain amount of artists a year, I really wanted a wider conversation with the artists that I know, some that I've known, or other organisations that I've worked with that know, that can come around. It kind of um, coincided with the Dance Umbrella Festival, so they were coming see shows, there'll be residencies for some of the artists that are presenting work, or not necessarily those who are developing work for other venues. So it's just to have a bit more of a artist in the conversation, even if they're not programming a festival or they're not necessarily in conversation with a certain venue. And as I say, just because you're presenting your work in one of the major venues does not mean your work is better than those who are presenting work in a smaller venue. Absolutely. The, the, for me, it's about craft and getting support continuously to develop that craft. And I think that's really important. And that's, that's the thing that's what's been my longevity in doing what Freddie does. I mean, most people go, what's Freddie doing next? Is he a curator? Is he a choreographer? Yeah. Yep. Is he a lecturer? Is he a teacher? Um, all those things feed my practice. And I kind of know when I have the itch to get back in the studio to make work, but that doesn't mean I have to continuously do it. Because um, sometimes that does not necessarily feed the artists and productivity. And sometimes they don't want to be productive in that way of just putting work on stage. It's about retraining their practice. And if you're not supported by an organization, um, it's really hard to do that. And, I, and also, I mean, Dance Abrella is one of the most established international dance festivals going, if not. Absolutely. Um, yeah, one. So I think also having that name to support the systems lab, and Emma was really up for it. Um, so we have t to date about ten other partners. So it, it is this thing that is not just exclusively about one organisation and one partner. It's about the sum of its parts. Is is the whole? I think that's really important that everyone puts in because the artists also put put in as well to take part in the choreographic lab. So we invited international artists. Um, uh, facilitators, so those who are also making, as well as supporting other artists, in that sense, that's a bit like myself as well. And actually, most of the artists are of that type as well, like John ZD, mm -hmm. um, supporting other artists through the breaking convention, as well as the open art surgery. So, yeah, I think it's that like minded artists, and 
and that's been running since it was initiated in 2016 and we did that three times and now we've had two tours and there's also something as well as that sustainability and navigating a system that doesn't necessarily I think <laughs> I say this um, yeah. the dance world when we need to work on doing diverse not diversity now because we can have one piece we can have one from here one from there one from there but if there isn't a through line <clears throat> people can be left out as a sore thumb mm-hmm. that they're, they're supposed to speak for a whole community or a whole cultural structure and I think that's really unfair and it's mostly within the minority or um, female artists. I think that's really important that we readdress that conversation. And for me, it's also for the work to tour. It's not just the one gig and then that's it. And it's, I mean, it's mostly for my experiences as well. I'm not saying the work has always been great for audiences, but there's workers out there that's not so great that gets a good amount of dates as well. And it's also who's seen that work, who validates that legitimacy, that this is good, this is not. Um, so all those questions, and I think that's what System Lab is, is continuously questioning which artists are out there, how can we curate their work in, in collaboration with them. And I think we found, over three years, we found really good ways of doing that and also touring the work once it was presented in Dance and Bread Festival and supported by the Arts Council and all the other partners that have been involved. Tell me about what you're taking on your, your tour that's coming up. Tell me about the curation of oh. that. So this year, um, I think this year has kind of rounded up a really um, fruitful um, conversation over the three years with a systems lab um, structure. Um, so we have four pieces this year, and the first one is um, Theo in Art. Um, um, this piece, um, Super Fragility of Man, part one. Um, actually, myself and Emma Glasson went to see this piece about two years ago in its early stages, and he's just been working and developing it. I mean... For me, I think one thing that really brings is not necessarily to kind of say, well, what is your favourite? I think they're all really doing their craft and the thematic or the somatic practice is really important there. But for me as well, is how they use the craft in putting the body in space on a stage. It's just, I think sometimes you don't need all the other production values. It's also great to have that budget, but it's just, I mean, if you see the programme, you see that these artists really craft their body in the space and, and you can see that language belongs to them you cannot I mean I cannot see anyone else performing their work <laughs> actually even though some of those artists are looking at remounting their work another body so Theo in Arts um, Theo in, in Arts space um, The Fragility of Man which I'll just leave it there so that kind of gives a little hint um, of the male perspective um, and then we've got Becky Namgard's um, Exhibit F um, which is looking at the female um perspective in that conversation as well and not so well the the female in that dialogue as well but it's not comparing a contrast it stands in its own feet in its own weight as well and I mean it wasn't by accident that these two pieces kind of complement one another as well as through the whole program but it's that it's the same conversation but from a different perspective Um, so that's really sits really well um, exhibit F and then we have um Theon um, Campbell Davis and Tyro and Isaac Stewart. Um, he's, he's kind of coming more contemporary, but with a, a lot of um, hybridity of styles as well. And actually, I would say across all those, um, Becky and Theon, um, Tyrone is, I mean, Theo as well. This is where I always get Theon, Tyrone, and Theon mixed up <laughs> his names. <laughs> yeah, that's going on. Um, yeah, the work is just questioning. Um, I. For me, it's not, I mean, for me, how I read it is the nuances of I, the buzzword identity and how, what are the things that we decide not to talk about, but we can see 
we can see that things need to be talked about, but it's like the elephant in a room. We just don't talk about it. I think these two artists are um, coming together. And, and this is actually, this is um, a new creation. And it's been, I mean, it's been a wonderful journey to see those two. This is their first um, piece together. And then they're also music artists as well as vocal artists as well. So um, um, Ty Tyrone is a saxophonist as well. Um, Fionn, a vocalist. So it's just, they bring those interdisciplinary elements into the space as well, which really, yeah, it really brings something really special. And they've definitely been on a journey of kind of making this piece together. Because I'm, as a maker as well, I know that when you're working with someone you've not worked before, can be those dialogues but I think you can really see that journey that that piece has gone in and it's a work that stands as them two have created a work which is really nice to see and then we've got um, a classic I'll call it as a classic contemporary work it's not I mean many people call it classic hip-hop piece but I saw this piece over 24 or 25 years ago um, that's John ZD's Aeroplane Man um, solo version because I saw the group version um, actually I saw it in about four different venues so I saw it at Stratford Theatre Royal um, I saw it at the Queen Elizabeth, I saw it at the place, and where else? I think, yeah, that's three, so that's the full venue, um, and also seen the film version of it. And for me, it's the, as you said, um, this piece should be a museum piece, but some of the themes and issues are very current and urgent <laughs> right now. And f and then this is also the question about the canon, in beyond the canon of the classics, I mean, what the contemporary dance world knows as the classics, it's not as diverse, and this for me is another classic work that needs to be seen not just by the Western contemporary dance audiences thinking we've got this over there and that over there. It's part of the classics. It's as equivalent as any um, work coming back, like the Pina Bausch, Matthew Porn. This is equivalent for me to those works and the themes and issues that I think will always be relevant. Even 25 years, it's still relevant. I think another 40 years down the line, it will still come across. And I think that it's a full circle with some of the themes that all the other four artists, the other three pieces are dealing with as well. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I think I only really be Begun to see that when we started to watch the runs, but and then the order shifted a bit of these program. But I think it really sits well as individually or wonderful artists that are going to haven't have had and will continue to have amazing careers. But this has just brought another way to see their work next to another work and to share those um, nuances of um, the current themes that we don't necessarily go into. Sounds like a, a great program and you've got a, a couple of dates coming up, which we'll talk about in a, in a moment. Um, I wanted to ask you, because you've been an independent dance artist and as you mentioned, you know, creator and educator, etc. you know, for a couple of decades now. Sort of what, what do you think has sort of helped with the, the success that you've had in being an independent artist? It's not always that easy and you mentioned before, you know, the financial aspects and the different types of dance, but what do you think for you that's really helped in terms of being able to create this longevity? Um, I, I mean, I think, I don't think I have my thumb on it, but I think the independent sector is what feeds the more structured arts practitioners. And it's really interesting, actually, I was saying it about middle of last year, actually, I was, I was away in another festival, I was speaking to one of my colleagues who, works a lot with some of these established choreographers and whenever you suddenly see these performers within these one of these established companies which is a great thing they kind of go oh yeah as if this person discovered this new artist but they've been working for oh, 15 years and it's just really I mean that really shows shows how far we've come but how many how little steps we've also taken going forward it's like we've taken maybe two steps forward but another three back so it just shows that 
I mean, it is the life. It's, it's, what did they say then in, uh, um, so in the creative industry that the independent and freelancers is about what's 70% freelancers in independence work in the creative sector. So actually they are the life and blood of the structure. And I think constantly you have to shift your perspective in how you work. Because if you're invited to work in a certain way, you have to shift. I mean, it's shifting your language. So it's not necessarily I have this template language to work with. So I can take that to every space I go into. Um, it's hard. It's um, tiring. And I think mm. that's, yeah. And, and I think artists have to find... Um, I've always been curious. I mean, from day dot, I saw a lot of work when I was training at plays via working in a cafe, I mean, in a bar. So I think there's also that sensibility that it is diverse. I mean, I say there is no such thing. I think we need to move on from this word diversity and talk about more diverse because just because I look like them does not mean we are both doing the same thing. So I think that also keeps you curious. Just because we have two females or two white females, two black females doesn't mean we should only have one of them because they're both saying the same thing. And that's something I really struggle with. And I think, yeah, and if, and if I grapple with that, that's always going to be something that energizes me wanting to make work and me wanting to have conversation with other artists. Um, that's not going to shift in the near future. So <laughs> I think as a freelancer, it's those bigger pictures, as well as trying to find a way to have those conversations through Minecraft. Um, I think through that, I mean, it has been a journey for the past three or four years. I've not necessarily been focused on my own making hands-on, but I think that's also trying to understand how that terrain works and how you navigate that for me as well. So I don't think I've really answered your question, but I think it's a ongoing conversation that independent means you are kind of interdependent. So you have to kind of come in and out constantly. Um, you cannot ignore it. I mean, that's something that I don't think there's any independent artist that could say, yeah, I work continuously independent because you are funded by the some kind of system that's supported by the structure, the establishment institution. So navigating it i think if i had the answer i'd be millionaire right now because i could just <laughs> could just hand it out and go here you go this is how you do it <laughs> but um, uh, yeah it's just i mean amazing artists that you get to have conversation with and i think it's also beyond just the non-verbal it's a dialogue it's social it's cultural i wanted to also explore the educator part of um your your sort of toolkit tell me about the work that you do as the educator? Um, I mean, I've kind of been teaching alongside, and actually, I mean, this has been definitely influenced by all the choreographers I've worked with as well. I mean, working with Ray McGregor, they have a, one of the most outstanding kind of educational structures going, I think, really shifted the way contemporary dance um, and its educational structure, like really not just um, be tokenistic, but you are going to work as hard as the professional dancers. And that's been, and then also another choreographer, Saburo Tashiguara, who's a, um, Japanese um, choreographer and worked him a couple of times on project and it's just the ethics and also I mean can do go through the um, integrated practices as well so I think that's something that I've, I mean I've always had amazing teachers and actually one of the first dance teachers now is now the chief exec at the London Contemporary um, Dance so he's also known and had a varied range of experiences not just this is what contemporary dance is going to have that I had the Union Dance Company, who's still running, um, Bullies Ballerinas, um, who are Lindy Hobb Fusion, um, who else? And then we had Arc Dance Company, we had VTOL. So it's just, for me, that range of diverse education is something I really want to install. And it's not necessarily trying to, I mean, as I say to my students, I'm teaching in performing arts course, I'm not here to teach you dance, but I'm trying to 
find ways to give you the tools that you find your language. So training those techniques, training every technique, but just try and see where the links are. Um, what is the equivalent of a Cunningham exercise on six? If you take that into the popping, locking, what is the upper body um, or the undulations in African, um, sub-Saharan African dance forms or West African dance forms? So where do you see those links? And I, I mean, I was always good. <laughs> Actually, one of my teachers um, in the Cunningham class would say I was always good at, back, at the back exercises. I mean, I mean, as I said, me and Sylvie were not going to be doing that direct because the legs wasn't going that high. Not that you needed that. <laughs> but, but I think there's also knowing how to walk what facilities and tools you can get from these different styles and it's not necessarily doing what you've learned in the technique class on stage and I think that's always the good is the transition how do you transition that and that's the question that I'm trying to find a way to just equip with these young artists with that tools and who are you speaking to what kind of text are you looking at um, artist and take it the template of how your body moves into a craft artist someone who works with wood so the material in that is the wood. How do they carve it? There's a specific way to carve a specific type of wood. The wedging of the, of the binding of the clay as well. Um, that also has molecules. So how do you mold these things together? For me, it is the human body. Obviously, the human body is a bit more complicated, but maybe not because there is molecules that is also alive in the clay. Um, yeah, so I think it's just trying to find different perspectives on how to do that. And for me, it's also about the inanimate objects. So what happens to the body when it's standing still before it does something, especially as a physical body. And I think this is where dance also struggles with dealing with some of the bigger themes. Because if I stand there as a black man standing in the space, yes, I can write something, but I think people will take a second longer before they start to go, oh yeah, I can see Freddie now. There needs to be a bit more description, but as a physical presence, as soon as I'm on space, I'm in the stage, it says a lot already. So how do you break that? or not break it, I mean, how do you deal with those assumptions that people may come up with? And that's been perpetuated over the decades. And also trying to get students to understand that, that as soon as you stand in a space, you look a certain way, you're um, certain sex, um, scientifically a certain sex, or, or you're supposed to look in a certain way, you will be, there is already a lot of information in that space. So how do you subvert that or not subvert it so for me that's the kind of tools and this is where the students don't necessarily do a lot of dancing there's a lot of frustration i mean i know <laughs> whenever i come out of workshops people i don't get it and i feel we need to understand that if you understand that complexities it'll be much better than going down a long run and then finding out oh i didn't know people saw me that way and this is why i've always been driven to do this type of work and that's something i kind of caught on earlier on because i'm the first work I did um so, oh Freddie um this is well crafted and then I did something that wasn't quite crafted like oh uh, what's it um oh, what's the feedback um something like Freddie better get a move on and I was like I've not even started to I've not even started to establish a specific language um there are artists that establish a movement style and they will work with that for the rest of them um, and they'll do that for the rest of their career but they'll also find different ways to collaborate different artists to give a different lens to that language but there are artists that will also go into the studio every time they're making a work and find a different language, which is like literally, so we speak, we're speaking English, but maybe next time I'm speaking to you, I'll probably go and learn another language. I'll speak in treat to you. And that's going to create another complicated way of us to communicate. But I'm pretty sure we'll get at least a couple of sentences out, but that takes time. Um, yeah, so, so it's all those things I'm trying to, I mean, the anthropologies, um, anthropological side of it, um, the social, political side of it, let's not ignore it. Um, we, we tend to say appro appropriation, but for me it's not appropriation, it's just people 
looking at things and going, this is what this has been established to do. It may have been seen before, but it was not given the respect. And now suddenly, because another different type of body does it, is given that validation. What are the questions we're asking about that? So yeah, I think we have to be aware of that. As long as we're aware of it and we acknowledge it, we can start to move forward. And those are the things that I think we're trying to um, put a bit more of a lens on when I'm working with young, younger artists or even my peers. Yeah. So with that in mind, what are you hoping audiences take away from your curator's show? I mean, I think the obvious things that there are different generations of artists, but I think one thing that's always important to talk about that if the theme is relevant, it doesn't matter whether the piece um, was made 25 years ago or made a couple of years ago, or even a work that's still trying to find its voice, as in people are not quite understanding what it's trying to communicate, it will be communicated. There's been work that was made by um, what's it, um, the Rite of Spring, which people completely hated. I mean, all those things we've heard, but it took decades and decades. And for me, it's for people to understand that they don't have the answers, but they have clues in how we read the codes and I think that's what these artists, I mean, is really trying to find a way to kind of talk about the, the nuances of um, how we deal with um, the diverse, in diversity of different perspectives, but also they don't all have to be from a different ethnic background, or even if they are, they can still share this um, synergy. And I think that theme goes, goes right through the whole program. One piece touches on the other. And I think it's, in, in the end, it's, um, you would say different um, sonnets, but you can see it's, it's under the umbrella of these really diverse craftsmanship. And it's crafted in a way where you can sit inside the work without looking for the glitters or the kind of extra bits to kind of validate the work. They're just very good at crafting their own artistic voice, and which is really assured. And it's from personal experiences as well. And that's something that you cannot doubt. And I think it's what makes, even though um, it's not, it's a global local artistic expression is very um london as a and i mean as one of the most diverse places in the world as well i think it really lends another eye to what we're talking about globally and locally as well especially current times and yeah certain views what is uh, working together and not working together and how do we not work together but still work together <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll work from there, but we'll still work together. And I think those are themes that still comes up in these pieces as well. And the, and the individual also programming or listening to themselves as well. And I think that's what I'm starting to do as well while I'm watching these works and go, what is it that they're saying beyond just their own voice, but connecting to the other work? So my final question then is um, what advice would you give to other upcoming aspiring independent artists and dance makers if there were any sort of words of advice that you would share or that you do share i think someone has already said this but advice can be dangerous <laughs> Wait, you don't have to give it that's all right it's a yeah, but but what is it um feedback i mean one sorry one thing i've always heard is that feedback is a gift yeah and if it's offered in the right way or with the right intentions you will always accept it but if it's not it would just, I mean, it will kind of um, reveal itself. So I think it's also to have that gut feeling because everything that's happened to date informs your gut feeling. So it's not just a hunch. So I think that's something that we should encourage. The gut really, yeah, I think artists, we should always be aware that, I mean, you probably get yourself when there's something that you're thinking, I shouldn't have done that or I should not have um, been in that conversation. But and then you go ahead. So I think the gut, because not saying we only do that 
in the creative sector, but I think there's people are always there there is an uncertainty in the artistic practice there is always an uncertainty whether the work is going to get made how we're going to get there even if you have the budget in place so i think there's always this um you have to be constantly curious it's not we have this amount we have to make sure that this gets from a to z yeah you will get to the z but not necessarily the way and it's also dealing with human emotions that's not articulated yet in a scientific way because that's what art is it's not addressing itself in the scientific this is what and actually science there is no facts in science as we say as well is only what 10 years down the line that something becomes effective if a, if something is found it's not the fact it's just this is what's happening this is the medication until we, we go on and we experience it and i think this is what you should experience i mean experience as much as you can Ex- experience everything i mean i see a lot of work um, and as i keep on saying my bank manager and my savings account is not very happy with me because i see a lot of work and it, and, and, and it's not because I'm into curation, but I'm just curious about what are the other conversations. I think actually there's a lot of interesting work, movement-based work that's happening in theatre spaces, vice versa. So, yeah, and in galleries, I think there's also that curiosity. And actually we should be aware that dance is not necessarily for the black box. Yeah, the curiosity and also, yeah, and feedback is a gift. And I just want to say um, thank you so much, but also for listeners, make sure you get and see Systems Labs Mixed Bill, which is on Friday, the 6th of March at the University of Canterbury in Kent, and then 12th and 13th at, uh, in London at the Trinity Laban. And you can check out all of the details um, on, well, follow Freddie on Instagram. So Instagram slash, I will spell it, F-O-P-O-K-U-A-D-D-A-I-E. We also followed a systems lab, we just started an Instagram page because we're also trying to let let it have its own space. So I think it's at, at systems lab. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Freddie. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to catching the show. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.